Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub's podcast. I'm here with Kenyatta Turner. And today we're going to talk about behavioral science and how to unlock and how to achieve superpowers. So Kenyatta, please give me a little short bio and then let's get into this topic. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is fun. I love chatting about this stuff and meeting new people. So nice to meet you as well. But um, I'm a behavior. Yeah, thanks. I'm a behavioral superpowers coach. That's what I do. I work with my clients to help decode human behavior, optimize performance using validated scientific insights. So what does that all mean? It just means that there are behavioral styles that we have that we've been ingrained in us since the age of three. And this isn't about strengths and weaknesses, it's about behavior. And if I can help you figure out what your baseline behavior is, which I can, um, then that's a baseline for you to do everything you need to do. So I'm a coach, a trainer, a mentor, uh, I teach at a community college, and I'm a lover of personal development. So that's that's a short version of what I do. <laughs> well, I will say this, that you know your why better than most people that I speak to probably including myself, I really appreciate how concise you are. And you just mm-hmm. you just literally drop your mission, your purpose in the the time that it would take to get from floor one to floor two, not floor one to floor thir- <laughs> 13. So thank you so much for that. that yeah, makes, absolutely. Yeah, it makes total sense to me. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my first question is, what's the problem that we're, that we're all sort of dealing with mostly? Mm. Self-awareness. Um, It really just starts with self-awareness because with that, with a deep self-awareness and personal development, we can do anything we want, but we hold ourselves back for lots of reasons. Like if we don't really truly know, like you mentioned, like my why and what it is that I'm doing. And I'm, I'm very, very clear on that. It's because I've done the work to become very clear on that. And most of us don't want to do the work. It sucks. It's hard. So we would rather just kind of what I call whistling past the graveyard and not really taking the time to do the like deep thinking to, to decide <laughs> Wait, what it is I'm, you want. I'm sorry. You, you just said whistling past the graveyard. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call it. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, and you know what I mean when I say that too. <laughs> oh, I, I could just, it was the one of the most visual things that I've heard in a long time. <laughs> Whistling past the graveyard. So, you know, you can live that way, you know, or you can have intent, you know, and you can craft your life as you choose to. But without self-awareness of like, who am I really and how am I wired to have that understanding, then you're just kind of, you don't have that, you know, that, that vision. Right. And so I help people get the self-awareness and from there I can go, all right, here I am. Here's where I am right now. Here's where I want to go. What do I need to do in order to get there? So Mm. that's the problem I solve. I help people establish that and quit lying to themselves, uh, you know, Mm. about why they behave the way they do and quit judging others for being different because that's distracting. Okay, so so let's get into those two things. So why are why are, why do those two things happen? Why do we a lie to ourselves and then uh, insult others? Mm. Um, because it's it's uh, easy to lie to yourself 
And when you do that, typically you're in the act of putting blame on someone else, which is way more fun than taking personal responsibility. So we do that because it's easy. And then we don't, we aren't where we want to be. And then we blame other people for that. Right. Um, so when we have self-awareness about ourselves, then we don't judge others for being different and unique in their own way. We're much more accepting. Um, but it's when we're not clear on our own values and our own way of doing things is when we start nitpicking what other people are doing because we're just not focused on what's truly driving it, which is your thoughts and your actions. So it's just easier. It's easier to make fun of other people and blame other people and be bullies. You know, I mean, it's, it's but it's a lie. Mm. And w I, I, I want to actually get to a little bit of an origin story here. Okay. Because I'm, I'm kind of sensing some, some really deep wisdom here. And, and I know that wise people have been through tough times. <laughs> because without those tough times, you just, it's hard to get wise. And I'd love to understand, you know, how you discovered that you had this superpower and that you had the ability to allow people to unlock from some of these, some of these things that we're discussing. What is it that you had to go through? Sure. Um, well, so a little bit of origin story is I've all, first off, I've always been this way, um, but I've been growing in it. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll tell you that in a moment, but I spent 20 plus years working in colleges. I ran schools. So every department I ran it. And so I know what that environment looks like. And that's a long time I spent there. I started when I was 18 working in colleges. So I got immersed into this educational environment that I fell in love with. And what I loved was watching people go through their their arc of coming in as a, as a student thinking they want to go through college and then either not making it because it's not for everyone or going through the process of making it and what they had to grow through in order to do that is a process. And I was fascinated by it. So I absolutely loved it. But 20 so years in, you know, I worked 20 or, you know, sorry, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Um, I loved what I did. But here's what happened. My father died when he was 39. I was 16. I used to think that 39 was old when I was 16. I didn't think I'd actually live to 39. It seemed like it was so far away for me. But as I was approaching the age of 39, 20 years into a very successful career, I started asking myself questions that I wish I could have asked my father, which were, hey, dad, you know, like, were you happy? Like, did you live your life to the fullest? 39 is so young. I felt like I had the whole my whole life ahead of me at 39. I felt like a kid. So to imagine that he lost his life at 39 and here I was about to turn 39, I had this revelation going, if I live longer than him, what are my answers to those questions? Am I living my best life? Am I happy? Am I gonna move? Am I gonna travel? What am I gonna do? So I decided in that moment that I would not squander any hours or minutes past 39 which means that this job I've been in for 20 years and this career I built, I started having ideas that there was more out there for me. I knew I could help people in another way and I wanted freedom. I didn't wanna be tied down to a job and to a boss and anything like that. I realized that I was gonna do whatever it took to answer those questions for myself. So I quit my job, a very successful, <laughs> high paying job and said, I'm gonna find this, I'm gonna start a business. I don't know what it's gonna be, but I'm gonna figure it out. And so I jumped off a cliff and sprouted wings and here it is six and a half years later. So when I did that, I realized that I had to figure out a way to live what I consider to be my best life in order to not waste my extra innings, I call them. 
past 39. Mm -hmm. And um, I set about that journey. So in that, I started a business with a company called Legal Shield six weeks later, never heard of it. And I'm still with them today. I absolutely love it because I believe in equality and justice. So I started building my empire in that way because that's what I called. I'm leaving to go build my empire. That's why I told my boss. He's like, you're crazy. I'm like, yeah, but whatever. So left to go build my empire. Didn't know what that meant. Found Legal Shield. Started teaching personal development at a college because I missed the students. So I went back to teach, not to be admin. And then January 2019, gas got thrown on a fire. And that's when someone introduced me to my behavioral superpower style, which is influencer. There's 10 styles and one of them is called an influencer. That happens to be mine. Once I got an understanding and I got coached through my own behavioral style, which pretty much validated what I already knew about myself, but couldn't quantify and qualify in that way. It threw gas on a fire, meaning I learned to walk in my greatness of who I was, which is, you know, a trainer, a coach, a mentor, you know, a teacher, someone who lives personal development is and is hell bent on making sure that I teach it to other people. So that's a real influencer, as you say there, and not the influencer like the social media influence, a whole different thing. My mom is an influencer as well. That's also her behavioral style. So I help people take a 15 minute exercise, 46 questions, 30 years of research validated in 125 countries and 11 languages. And it tells you what your behavioral style is out of the 10. And there's 200 other data points that it, it gauges from how you, how you deal with money, how you make decisions, how you communicate, how you deal with relationships versus results, abstract versus concrete. I got 40 pages of reports that I can use for my clients just from a 15 minute exercise. And I coach them on all those areas, but influencer is one of them. And that's my origin story. So now that I know that, and I've been coached through it myself, I'm morally obligated to teach others. Mm. Amazing. I can't, I can't keep it a secret. Right. Well, it's your, it's your new purpose. It's, it is. I found a way to build my empire and hence my company is called freedom empire consulting because I've now built, I know how to do it now. I know how to create not only the freedom in my mind, because I believe freedom empire is a mindset more than anything, but I know how to unleash that within me. Mm. And now I know I have to teach others to do it. And that's what I've been doing. And so we want a billion people to know what their behavioral superpowers are because we've seen what it does for a 12 year old all the way up till you know an 82 year old. It doesn't matter the age, doesn't matter where you're from but you're already wired the way you are. So we just want to show people that so they can learn to avoid the kryptonite of those powers. Mm -hmm. Because with, with great power comes responsibility. And sometimes your power can be overplayed and that becomes then a struggle and a struggle unmanaged becomes a weakness. Mm -hmm. So we teach you like, hey, I'm an outgoing fast paced influencer. That's my style. Russ is a community builder. He's a very he's a very patient and content community builder. He's a very different profile than me, but you know Russ. He's not like me, but he is who he is and that's why he does what he does so well when he just walks in that and doesn't do the square peg round hole which so many people do is try to do what they're not built to do and it's painful. So we mm. have helped people avoid that. Well, this, yeah, you mentioned this is Russ Johns. Uh, yeah, he's he's a, a big believer in, in in Dub and as a technology, as a community. Him and I yes. are great friends. Thank you so much for mentioning him. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so a couple of, couple of kind of kickoff points here sure. for us is that 
you and I have some time together. Is there any exercise that that would be worthwhile for us to do um, using using me <laughs> right now, right here? If there is, please Ooh. let me know. <laughs> An exercise like in the behavioral styles? Correct, because I'm I'm absolutely intrigued. Mm-hmm. So if that's an opportunity just to give our listeners, our viewers, kind of a little bit of a taste on what that looks like to kind of mm. do that uh, dissection, <laughs> scary word. Well, well, <laughs> actually, it's something that you take yourself. Okay, it, got it. It's, it's something online that you take it by yourself with no distractions, 15 minutes, and boom, and then you have access to it. But I will tell you that there's a couple things right out the gate that I can ask you and have you just kind of guess if you what you would feel in this regard. So as an example, um, when you think of results, getting results or building relationships to accomplish a task, which do you feel naturally you lean more towards getting the result or building the relationship? I love that question. And here's my best answer to that. Originally, a long time ago, I would say results. I realized that for me, it was actually about the relationships and that without the relationships, the results are not even going to happen. So what I've decided to do in this podcast and this conversation is a metaphor for that, is that now I focus on the relationships, knowing that the results happen as as a byproduct of that. Excellent. Now that's an excellent answer to the question. And you pointed on something that, that I'm going to touch on because I didn't have to bring it up. You just brought it up actually. So one of the things that we measure is a person's um, propensity for how they handle results versus relationship. There's actually a scale out of one out of a hundred where in the population you fall based on what the rest of the population would typically, where they typically would fall. For instance, if you're a 50 on that scale, then you get results and balance relationships very well, meaning you kind of swing between the two and it's a seamless stretch. And that's about where 50% of the population is in that area. However, if you are someone like myself who has a 93 on the results side out of a hundred, meaning I'm wired to get the result first at such a high rate that seven, only 7% of the population, you know, like I'm nine, I, I do it at a 90% rate, 93% rate than the rest of the population. I mean, that's a very high score, which means it's very hard for me to flip to the other side. Mm. Now, what that doesn't mean is that I don't build relationships. It doesn't mean that at all, but it means that how I'm wired, I will get the job done and may build the, res- the relationship in order to get the job done. But here's what you mentioned before, which is really powerful. Because I'm naturally wired that way, I have to consciously make a decision and use my behavioral maturity and EQ to realize that it can't always be about the results. It needs to be about the relationships as well. You just mentioned that. You said, in the past, maybe I used to feel this way, but now I've learned and now I realize it needs to be this way. We call that learned behavior. We call that 5% of you. If you think about an iceberg, 95% of the iceberg is beneath the water, right? That's your behavioral, hardwired, natural, instinctive response. That's what we gauge. 5% of you is learned behavior, what you've learned over time. Mm. What you've learned from what books you've read, what TV shows you've watched, mistakes you've made, <laughs> you know, how you were raised, what what training you're going to go to. You can teach an old dog new tricks, I like to say, but the dog has to want to learn. Mm. 
right? And how long will it take? It, it's possible, right? So over time, I can adjust ever so slightly my score of 93, but it's probably only going to get to like a 90 because it's already so high. I've already been wired that way, but everyone can be coached in order to shift the needle a little bit. Now, someone like Russ, his relationship versus results, he's like an 86, I think, on relationships. So what that means for Russ is that he's going to patiently build the relationship no matter what, because that's his go-to. But for him, he might spend too much time building a relationship and forget about the result. Mm. Right. So the perfect place is balance at 50. But if everyone was at 50, there'd be no conflict with anyone in the world because we'd all just get along. It's those, <laughs> who have, it's those who have the higher scores in one way or the other that have to adjust how they communicate and work with other people. Right. Mm. So someone like Russ, we get along great. I mean, we work together building the LinkedIn local pop up and all this stuff. But he comes at it from a different angle than I might. To, might. But because we both are emotionally immature and aware we're able to meet in the middle to create a harmonious situation. Imagine when people can't do that. That's when relational friction happens. That's when fights happen and arguments and misunderstandings and people take it personal and cry about dumb stuff, right? Because they think it's about them and it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with the other person's behavior. Well, I think I think in many ways you you described many aspects of the state of the union here in this beautiful nation. This is not a political podcast, but but it's very interesting that you touched upon that because Beha behavior I, matters. Yeah, behavior matters. <laughs> you know? Ex exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we're talking about self-awareness here. We're talking about, you know, understand where we kind of fit on certain spectrums. I'm curious to know if you have any more of those. It was a very interesting exercise oh, for me. Um, so results versus relationships. There's actually five radio buttons on your initial report. And they are, um, we measure results versus relationships. We measure whether someone is abstract versus concrete. Okay. And I am extremely high on the abstract scale. And so is Russ, actually. He's going to be like, you kept, I told him I was going to talk about him on the show because he connected me with Dub. So, but um, abstract versus concrete. So someone with a really high abstract score like myself and like Russ, Russ is in the nineties. He's like 90 something. I'm 86. Right. Which means that we are very innovative with ideas. We seek to differentiate. We don't care how you did it before. We don't even want to hear it. <laughs> because we're already going to be coming up with a new idea for it, right? Mm. Someone who's extremely concrete, um, they're very different in that, right? They want to know pro proven methods, pathways. How is it done? Show me the proof. Then they can flex. So imagine two people trying to work on a project together and you knew this data, not because you guessed it, because you saw the numbers and you saw you're dealing with someone like me who's always going to be like, hey, let's do it like this. And I'm very flexible and spontaneous versus someone who needs to know how it's going to be done. There can definitely be conflict in that situation, right? And so again, depending on the person's score, are they a 50 or a 60? Can they flex easily between the two? Or are they me? And as soon as you try to tell me that I have to do it a certain way, I'm going to be like, mm, I don't know about that, right? But my learned behavior teaches me that I can't always behave that way. I've got to work with the people who are concrete and take value from that because sometimes you just need a plan, <laughs> right? Sometimes you got too many ideas and you need to pick one, <laughs> right? And someone who's very concrete can help balance me out in that way, right? So that's another one. Um, oh, systematic versus flexible. 
That's another one. I, I'm, all my scores are off the charts in all these areas. I'm not balanced in any of these areas, which means I'm either in or I'm out. And so I'm very flexible. Um, again, it kind of probably comes with that abstract in me as well. Uh, I don't like systems. I mean, okay, let me put it this way. That's not true. I know they're necessary, but I just wish someone else would come up with it for me and then I'll do my best to follow it. I get bored. I don't like repetition. So that's really difficult for me versus someone like my sister who's extremely systematic or my friend Rochelle, her behavioral style is a strategist. And not only is she anchored, she's systematic. So she's got a plan. It's already laid out in 16 spreadsheets for the next two years. She's got it figured out. So those are some of the things. Um, another one is daring versus careful. That's your risk factor. How tolerant are you of risk? And I like to use the analogy of jumping off a cliff, right? I have a very high risk factor. I will jump off the cliff because I'm so abstract and flexible. Um, chances are I won't have a parachute because I would not have prepared properly, but I'm so abstract. I like to think that I could fashion one out of a cork <laughs> on the way down. On the way down. <laughs> on the way down. <laughs> Hence why I'm someone who would leave a perfectly good job, you know, making like six figures, right? Perfectly good job and not have another one lined up and just quit. Because in my mind, I'm like, I, I saw that I had the burning desire. I, I couldn't stop myself. I'm like, I'll figure it out. Now, I wouldn't recommend that for anyone. That's not a good idea necessarily. <laughs> However, if you're so compelled, you do what you have to do. Now, someone who's very careful would not even get anywhere near the edge of that cliff. They'd be like, Kiana, get away from that cliff, you know? And someone who's very systematic and organized would probably have not only a parachute, if they did jump, they probably have one for me. That's the difference between these two different sides. Now there's lots of different other factors that are measured. And on this, I talked about the five radio buttons. So the last radio button on this particular report is promoting versus operating. And that's really, are you someone who's extremely outgoing, connects with a lot of people? Someone gives you something, you run with it and go tell everyone you get energized by being around people like myself, or are you someone like my business partner, Jeff, who is a reflective thinker, that's his behavioral style. And he's more operating. He likes to be behind the scenes. He wants to make sure everything is set and perfect and got it all, you know, information based. And then he tells me and then I go do the thing. Right. He's someone who after a meeting like this would probably need to go dark. He calls it right. He needs to kind of, you know, go back into himself, go do whatever he does to recharge versus someone like me who could probably do five of these podcasts in a row. And then afterwards be like, let's go to happy hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So you can see the differences in behavior. That's just behavior. Not, not one's right or wrong. But imagine like, you know, two people working together who who behave so differently in that way and how one might take it personal. Hey, why do you need to go and shut down after we just got back from our friend's house or whatever? Why aren't you talking to me? I'm sure I'm sure Jeff's grown up with people saying that. Hey, where are you going, man? Why? Why aren't you hanging out with us? And they take it personal where I know I've been told, hey, can you tone it down? You know, why are you just slow down? And I'm like, let's go, you know, <laughs> so this is what we do. Everyone has, you know, all of these measurements on certain factors. You know, we've got, you know, 16 different factors and not even the ones I'm speaking of, but they help bring up some of this, you know, are you take charge? Are you cooperative? Are you um, patient versus fast paced? I'm on the fast paced side. I'm not very patient at all. 
Are you um, pioneering or are you more content and flexible? These are all the things that we measure. You know, are you someone who is a spender or are you a saver? We can tell you all of that. And so that's why that's the cornerstone of what we do with our coaching practice. Because once I have my client figure out what their behavioral superpower is and all the intricacies that make them unique, because me and my mom are influencers, but we're not the same type of influencer. She's she's different than I am, right? But we're both influencers. And you can see that if you knew her, you'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But once I have that, then I can coach my client on whatever it is they need. Are they trying to grow their business, build, lose weight, get a career, change a job, whatever, get along with their spouse, you know, cause we teach communication because clearly if I can tell you all this, then I know what kind of communication style you have. We call it quadratic communication. There's four quadrants. Are you information-based lifestyle goal setting or stability? Those are four very different things. Are you, are you lifestyle talking to someone who wants information? Jeff's the information guy. He'll send me an email eight pages long. I'll be like, dude, I ain't reading it. I need three bullet points. Now he's now he's picking up on it. Like, no, she really is not going to read that whole email. <laughs> right. So now he says, now he's all funny. He'll be like, you know, I'm the reflective thinker. So here's your, I know you only want three bullet points. So here's your three bullet points. And I'm like, oh, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, you, you, now know? you can consume it. Yeah. Now I can consume it. But imagine how many people send long emails out to everybody. Or people like him, he wants more information from me. So I know I have to give him more information. So once you know this about whoever you're dealing with, your team, your family, your children, whoever, now you can make a choice. Am I going to give them what they need so that they can work in their happy zone, happy place? Or am I going to intentionally not give them what they need and cause conflict? Because now it takes all the guessing work out of it. Now mm -hmm. you just know. And it's kind of creepy, actually, because it goes so deep. But how we answer the questions, like the 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 forced triad of questions and how it's done after 30 years of research, they figured it out. They've done it to where when you are frustrated, scared, um, really tired, under stress, your instinctual behavior is what comes out. The way we ask the questions in that exercise causes a little bit of anxiety. And so ultimately you have to answer in a way that is based on your instinct. That's how we're able to get to the core of who you are. So this is not like a strength finders or Myers-Briggs or Berkman's or any of that. We don't even measure the same things as them. We're not talking about your strengths and your weakness. We're talking about your behavior and your behavior might not be a strength and it might not be a weakness. I'll tell you a quick little analogy that I love to share. And since you're not, talking, I'll talk. Um, the Hulk. Everybody knows who Incredible Hulk is, right? And what does he do? You know what he does? What does he do best? Get angry. Get <laughs> angry. Channel, then, channel, channel his anger. And then what does he do once he's angry? He smashes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he does. Hulk smash, right? So I love to use that analogy because I'm a big superhero fan. And I love That's how we came up with the well, you, that's your that's your third. You gave me Spider-Man, you gave me Superman, and now I got Hulk. Did I? Oh, gosh. So Superman. <laughs> So keep, Hulk, keep, right? keep, him coming. Yeah, keep him coming. So the Hulk smashes, right? That's what he's good at. Hulk is Hulk is 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 his power is to smash, right? On the Avengers, that's what he does. You send Hulk in to smash, everybody knows it. Here is his kryptonite, I like to say, right? His kryptonite is that when he can't turn back into Dr. Banner when he needs to. 
or when he needs to turn into Hulk when he can't. That's a problem if you need him to go do his job. Mm. So there's one episode, one of the Avengers, maybe the last one or second to last one, when Captain America's like, Hulk smashed, you know, turn into Hulk. We need you to turn into Hulk. And he turns back and he looks and he goes, he goes, get angry. And he turns back and he looks at him. And he goes, that's the secret. I'm always angry. Right. <laughs> and then he instantly turns into the Hulk and he does his job. That's because he learned how to control it. And then in the last episode, I think he was he was like a cross between the Hulk and Bruce Banner at the same time, eating pancakes at the restaurant, right? That's when he had full control of that power. That's what we teach people to do with their behavioral superpowers. Because in a moment where I need to unleash my outgoing, fast-paced influencer style does not always serve me when I'm dealing with a situation where I need to tone it down and bring it in and have patience, right? Mm -hmm. So I've learned situational awareness that situational awareness is what Hulk now has. It's not always appropriate to be the Hulk and it's not always appropriate to be Bruce Banner. And now he can go back and forth when he wants to. That's what I teach people. And another thing I'll bring in Superman, right? Superman is always Superman, isn't he? Clark Kent is his disguise. Mm. So Superman's always bubbling beneath the surface, always there. And Clark Kent is the learn behavior he's uh, he knows he needs to be in his learn behavior because he can't just go running around in a cape all the time right so we teach people that you might be you know this extremely um reserved planned let's say you know adapter maybe that's your style and that serves you under certain applications but other applications you might need to be a little more outgoing mm. right and so it's really about here's your baseline let us make that clear to you and then let's teach you how to catch yourself in the moment or what Hugh Massey, who, who wrote a book about this, he's one of the, the founders of this philosophy. He says, check yourself before you wreck yourself. There you go. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, because you're gonna show up this way 91% of the time. That's what the research shows. So clients of mine who are like, well, I'm not always like this. I'm like, look, man, I said it's 91%. So I give you 9%, that's not like you, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but the rest of it is like you. <laughs> And that's why we can give this to children. That's why we're starting a charter school based around this entire concept. Every single student that comes in is going to know their behavioral style, all the teachers, all the admin. It's a lot of fun. So now that that's remarkable. Now, I, I got to ask you this. This is sure. something that's on my mind, been on my mind in this conversation and before. You know, I remember having a really poignant conversation with someone where we were talking about the idea of being right brained and left brained. And mm. I'm not saying that being those things are anything like being a certain behavioral type. Sure, sure. But I do want to make a little bit of a comparison here. Do you know, is it problematic that people get pigeonholed into one of these? You know, is there a possibility that we're actually more than one based on our situation and based on our environment? Precisely. Because again, it's about that learned behavior piece. So one, a person can make changes in their styles to an extent. However, um, we're not, we don't use this to box people. We don't measure mental situations or baggage or anything like that. We don't, a, a high performer or a leader can come from any of the styles, right? And so, and it's, and it's neutral to gender, age, sex, all that, right? And so, as an example, uh, do you have children? Two, seven, okay. and, seven and two. Okay. Are there things that your two-year-old is doing right now that you feel are, um, describe what kind of, what, like what their style is, especially versus the seven-year-old? 
Most definitely. Certain mannerisms. Okay. So these mannerisms are starting, start really to be ingrained in a person's brain at the age of three in the amygdala. And there are certain things about your two-year-old that will always be. They're already establishing those things right now. There are certain things your seven-year-old has always done. And you could probably name five right now that they've been doing since they were two or three years old. That's what we measure. So we're not pigeonholing anyone in anything. It's already there. <laughs> okay. It's already there. We just show it to you <laughs> and say, this is what you've always done. My sister has always been, she's a facilitator. That's her style. And she's always been very res more reserved than me. And she's very planned. She is the person who will pack for a trip two days before she goes. She's always done that. I've always been the person that will pack the morning of the flight. For me to pack two days ahead of time is ridiculous. I, I literally will be thinking, why would I do that? <laughs> you know, she's, <laughs> and she's thinking, why would I wait till the morning of? You see what I mean? So I'm not pigeonholed into that. She's not pigeonholed to that. Now, could she learn to be more flexible and not pack and wait till the morning of? Of course she could. Could I pack two days ahead of time and be sitting there all proud of myself? Look at me, I packed, you know? Of course I could. But would that cause anxiety for her to wait? Absolutely. And would I be totally annoyed that I didn't know I wanted to change my outfits and now they're all in this stupid bag, you know? <laughs> and I want to change it now. That's why I don't pack because I'm going to change my mind, you know? So these are things that are just already who we are. We just show them to you and and let you decide, you know, are you going to work to be a little more result focused or are you going to work to be a little more relationship focused? Mm. Are you going to pay attention to how you responded to that person because you're impatient or are you the person who's going to stay in a relationship longer than you should because you're totally focused on the relationship and you're not going to do what needs to get to happen. Right. You know, I mean, these are just things that people do. Um, we don't pigeonhole them. We show them and then let them, choose to acknowledge and accept it and learn to be the Hulk and Bruce Banner at the same time, mm -hmm. right? right? Or they fight it and find themselves putting them, put, putting themselves in positions, which are what I call the square peg round hole, right. which is you can put a square peg in a round hole. It'll go in there, but how painful, how bloody, <laughs> how difficult, <laughs> how, how long is it going to take? You know what I mean? When you can just find your happy place and learn to work in that space. Doesn't mean you're not going to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, I get out of my comfort zone all the time, but I'm very clear where those boundaries are. And I intentionally push myself out of it at times when I know I need to be aware of my kryptonite, you know, and, and that's, that's what it is, is knowing that it's there. You know, Superman, I think, what is it a movie or someone said, someone either told me it was in one of the movies where Batman had to take the kryptonite and put in a lead box for Superman. Mm. Even Superman needed help handling the thing that can be a weakness for him. Mm -hmm. And we all have that. So the right brain, left brain, there's some of that in there as well, right? We're talking about the brain and how we're wired. But over time, through coaching, development, self-awareness, you can you can adjust these things, right? I used to be someone who used to be not, not as patient and, and um, as good of a listener as I am now. Mm. Um, but that's because I recognized it in myself and I made a choice. I wanted to get better at that. So now I do what's necessary, like meditate, 
Mm. which changed everything for me, right? Um, so you can affect who you are. You don't have to stay that way, but just know that it might be harder for you based on where where your scores are, right? I'm never going to be the reflective thinker like Jeff. It, it, and I don't need to be. I just need to know how to work with someone like him because it's different than me. Mm-hmm. But I need to know my own strengths and weaknesses, if you will, but I call them powers versus kryptonite. I need to understand that so that I can become the best Kenyatta that I'm going to be. And that's all I really have to worry about. Everything else will work itself out. And that's why, yeah, that's why I feel like when it comes to people, like you said, bullying people or having all these different social issues that people have, I quite honestly believe that a lot of it comes from a lack of self-awareness and a lack of Mm self-esteem. And if I can teach someone, whether it be a child or an adult, to have more self-awareness, which leads to more confidence, which means leads to more congruence and competence and then self-esteem, then I think the domino effect is that they treat other people better, which I think is my job to help me make the world a better place. So that's that's what I do. Kenyatta, I am so grateful for this combo. Where where can people learn about you, website? Um, If there's a test, if there's a link that you can share, either now or later on, be happy to socialize that. Absolutely. Well, um, I, I have, thanks for putting my LinkedIn up there. So you can contact me on LinkedIn, Kenyatta Turner. I love LinkedIn. It's my jam. Uh, I say LinkedIn is magical. Um, but also I have a website, uh, which is uh, freedomempireconsulting.com, freedomempireconsulting.com. And I have uh, two things. One, I have a little freebie that you can get if you want to learn more about how to unleash your behavioral superpowers. You can go to freedomempireconsulting.com slash freebie. And you actually can get a little uh, 10 hacks I have on unleashing your behavioral superpowers. You can do that there. Um, And something coming up right away is a free masterclass that I'm doing. And I basically do uh, masterminds and things like that. But it's um, 10 ways to leverage your behavioral superpower to um, find clarity in your burning desire. Because again, if you've got access and you understand who you are at your core, then you will have an easier time understanding what your burning desire is and and get clarity on what it is you're trying to do with your life. <laughs> so I know this. So anyway, I'm doing a, a free masterclass. It's specifically for women. Doesn't mean men can't join, but I am gonna actually be speaking to women in this particular masterclass. So um, I have a link for that. And I wanna use a dub video in my promotion for it because it's like in two weeks. So I have dub now. So I'm excited to figure out how dub can help me market this masterclass. <laughs> so that's well, what to do. Well, what I'd like to do is I'd like to, I'd like to invite you to a personalized webinar where Ooh. we will actually take your campaign and we're gonna work with you and we're gonna help you to build this up. Just Ooh. as a little as a little show of our gratitude, so I'll send you a link for that. Uh, Thank it's you. Our, it's our go to webinar link. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm excited. I really appreciate that. That's very kind. <laughs> yeah. Well, Absolutely. thank you so much for your time. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Ruben. <laughs> stick stick around. We'll talk in a okay. bit. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>